All right, welcome to the Newsmax Daily for Friday, 10-27-23. It's the 43rd Friday of the year, the fourth and final Friday for the month of October, and today is Nevada Day, a place that many people may be heading to this weekend, as in Las Vegas, Nevada specifically. Today marks the day that the Nevada Territory parted ways with the Utah Territory in 1861. So, if you live in Nevada or you're headed to Vegas, There you go. It's also Global Champagne Day, celebrating the beverage that is typically used to celebrate something special, especially when in Las Vegas, right? Although the history of champagne dates back hundreds of years, Global Champagne Day wasn't really a thing until 2009. And you know what? After the week that we have had and all that's happening in the world right now, two wars, threats of war on America, I say there is no better time than tonight to pop the cork on that champagne that you've had stored away and just celebrate life. Be happy to be alive and be be an American. If you haven't noticed, tensions around the world and with the United States is rising quickly. So put down your $7 latte frappe thingy or your energy drink. Get your head out of your phone. U.S. fighter jets, F-16s, delivered airstrikes on weapons and ammunition facilities in Syria yesterday in response to the series of attacks on American troops in the region. If you've been watching Newsmax, you've been hearing a lot about the attacks on troops, and you are informed on what's going on. The attacks believed to be backed by Iran, whose foreign minister again threatened the United States over the Israel attacks in Gaza, saying Iran will not spare America if it does not stop Israel. This was in front of the UN General Assembly yesterday. This is not like, you know, just some crazy terrorist leader somewhere. This is the foreign minister of Iran in the United Nations. Regardless of the fact that we can wipe them off of the map, this is serious and dangerous. As we hear from Newsmax host and former active duty Navy SEAL, Carl Higby. We are facing probably some of the most dangerous times since the Cold War. And and that was when America actually condemned communism. Now it's pretty much taught on college campuses everywhere. We're we're in for a rude awakening here. And, And no one is coming to save you, by the way. I don't know if I have to tell you this. Most of you guys probably understand that. But there are simply aren't enough resources in America. Something is imminent. I'm not trying to scare you. I don't know what it is, but something's gonna break sooner or later. And, and folks, I'm saying this because I want you to be ready. What's your plan? If right now, at work, at home, wherever you are, what's your plan to keep yourself and your family safe? Think about this. So really sit back. If all of our phones go dead, the power goes off, emergency services are either totally swamped or cut off completely, do you have a plan to get out of Dodge? Do you even have enough water to last you three or four days? Folks, again, I want you to be ready. I'm not lecturing you. Can you defend yourself? God forbid you need to. Can you communicate with your family if you don't live immediately next to them? Now is the time to start thinking about your plan. Again, nobody's coming to save you. Our government is incompetent. And when this happens, it's already too late. I'm not hoping for this, and I hope I'm wrong, but I'm very worried about it. We have an entire generation that has no idea what tragedy is. There's a seismic shift, though, in the wake of every tragedy. But unfortunately, it takes a lot of Americans being harmed, either economically or even physically. 
You got to make these people learn, though. That's what it takes for them to absorb reality. The Democrats became Republicans in mass when FDR promised things out of the Great Depression that never came. Vietnam obviously turned us into basically a generation of hippies that put Jimmy Carter in office. And then his horrible economy, which is a lot like what we're seeing now, resulted in a political cascade in favor of Reagan. I, I say it all the time. You've heard me say it here. Hard men create hard, you know, hard times create hard men. Hard men create good times. Good times create soft men. And soft men create hard times. And we are in some really hard times right now. Absolutely terrific commentary from someone who knows what he's talking about firsthand. Navy SEAL Carl Higby, who spent all kinds of time all over the Middle East, host of Frontline, 5 o'clock Eastern at Newsmax. Is he not just a guy that you want to hang out with? I mean, the next time I see you, Carl, beers and cigars. On you, of course. <laughs> All right, let's go to Washington. New House Speaker Mike Johnson met with President Biden at the White House on Thursday. It was a productive meeting. I enjoyed my, I enjoyed my visit with the president. Now, don't forget, Johnson is one of the many that voted not to certify the election for President Biden. So that may have been a little bit uncomfortable at first. But, you know, that's how it is in Washington. Forgive and forget. You got to roll with the punches. The president is asking Congress to approve $106 billion in funding, $106 billion funding package that includes money for Israel, Ukraine and U.S. border security. On yesterday's Newsmax Daily, I said, I also suspect that by the time you are listening to this, you're also already hearing renewed calls for stricter gun laws and an assault weapons ban. And sure enough, White House Press Secretary Corinne Jean-Pierre said, Let's work together to ban assault weapons and high-capacity magazines. Then the president also tweeted a similar comment. And don't forget, it's almost for certain now that Corinne Jean-Pierre does a lot of the tweeting for the at POTUS account. This, of course, coming after the deadly shooting in Maine on Wednesday night. The very day after the shooting, former Arkansas Governor Mike Huckabee on the Chris Salcedo Show. In the meantime, Governor, police hunting down the main shooter that left 18 people dead, at least so far, and, and scores others injured. The suspect is 40-year-old Robert Card. He's described as a firearms instructor, believed to be an, an, an Army reservist with a history of mental illness. Governor, the greatest price we pay for being in a free society is, is that someone may abuse that freedom. Isn't it crazy to think that the solution is to take away everybody's freedom as a solution to, to when crimes are committed? Well, it's a horrific tragedy when these people are murdered in cold blood by somebody. Uh, but the fact is, one of the common denominators that we most often see almost every time is mental illness. And until we start taking that seriously, uh, I think it's ridiculous for us to talk about anything else. That's what really does come into play in almost every one of these mass shootings. And I'd look to the fact, and, and I hate to be impolite here, but the one thing that stops an active shooter is somebody who is armed and can take him down, whether it's a police officer or it's somebody with a concealed carry permit. And, you know, we hate to think that that's what it's going to require. But quite frankly, that's what it's going to require. I, I think you're right, Governor. Practically speaking, I don't think it's in politic at all. And by the way, might we point out, since this man does have a history of mental illness, 
Uh, an analysts are coming in saying that according to Maine law, he should never have been allowed to have a gun to begin with. So all these vaunted laws we were told were going to protect us. No, what's going to protect you, as you just said, Governor, is a firearm. That's Chris Salcedo, host of the Chris Salcedo Show with Mike Huckabee and more on the same story with Greg Kelly. That maniac on his rampage last night in the state of Maine. Horrible. Absolutely horrible. Lots of questions. But I have a big answer. 18 people he killed, he would have killed less if more people were allowed to carry guns. And more people should be allowed to carry guns because it's in the Constitution. If more people had guns, well, this guy would have been taken out much earlier and we would have a lot fewer mass shootings. Yeah, to keep and bear arms. It's in the Constitution. And these things are happening all over the place, but they wouldn't if more people had guns. Look, we love the cops. We love law enforcement. But last night, they couldn't be there right away. Even if they can be there two minutes later, three minutes later, one minute later, seven minutes later, there's going to be a problem, right? In one minute, you can boom, 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 boom. You can shoot and shoot and shoot and kill so many people in just a few seconds if people were there with guns. Let's go through the response times. Police are great, but you remember that uh, situation in Nashville? Uh, the cops were awesome. They subdued, killed the shooter, but it took them 11 minutes to get there. I understand that. You can't have cops everywhere all the time. In Louisville, at that bank, three minutes. That was great, but three minutes is arguably three minutes too long. In Las Vegas, the mass shooting in Las Vegas, 2017, seven minutes. Um, but it was about an hour before they figured out where the guy was. And how about Uvalde? They got to the school right away. You know, cops are great, but not always. And then they hung around for, what, <laughs> over an hour before doing anything. Well, the situation uh, in Maine, what happened? The predictable conversation is already underway. You have a Congress, uh, a House run by Republicans, uh, who almost certainly will not take up any safety measure in the days ahead. Let's work together to ban assault weapons and high-capacity magazines. We don't have standards across this country to make it harder for people um, to access guns. Now, most of the conversation on cable news and elsewhere is pretty stupid and unsophisticated when it comes to guns, absolutely. But they look like total geniuses compared to the president of the United States, Joe Biden. We have to fully implement the most significant gun safety law in nearly 30 years and then pass again the assault weapons ban. Of course, Diane and I passed. No excuse. Who in God's name needs a weapon with 100 rounds in a chamber? 100 rounds in the chamber. That's impossible. One round in the chamber at any given time. Joe doesn't know a damn thing. And he's the president. And he's yelling and screaming. Greg Kelly is the host of Greg Kelly Reports, working through a sore throat there, I believe. So President Biden and the Democrats said and did exactly what you knew they were going to say and do. How about the people whose lives have been changed forever for the worse? People suffering the worst grief you could possibly suffer. How about talking about that and paying attention to that before we go right back to guns, guns, guns? Greta Van Susteren spoke with the father of Joe Walker. He's the bar manager that was killed in the shooting in Maine Wednesday night. 
as I hear your description of your son, it doesn't surprise me that he is said to have been someone who tried to protect others. You know, it's like, you know, it's certainly your description is consistent with what, you know, what we're hearing about your son. Uh, my son, uh, as, as I've raised my kids, I think I've raised them to, to be proud, uh, willing to give whatever they need to sacrifice to help somebody. And I believe that's what Joey did that night. I believe he was hoping to stop this person and save lives. And, and I'm proud of him for that. Uh, I'm sorry that I've lost him, but uh, he's been a great, a great kid. Uh, I, I'm going to miss, I'm going to miss him so much. It's unreal. You know, it's like, you know, so many shootings I've covered over the years, and you never think it's going to happen to your community. I mean, you know, it's like, you know, Lewiston, I mean, this is a nice place in Maine. I mean, lots of places in the country. You never think something so horrible is going to happen. They're just people are at a bowling alley or in a bar or a restaurant, and suddenly this. Yeah, this is a, this is a nightmare. I, I would have never in my life believed that this was going to happen in our two cities. I just... Uh, for the life of me, I, I just never thought that this type of action would happen, uh, especially to take so many lives and leave people so long in the dark. Uh, all of us families, were, we were scared to death for our loved ones. We couldn't get any information. Uh, uh, the two communities weren't ready for such a... Uh, such an action and uh, we everybody was lost mixed up couldn't get answers we couldn't we couldn't communicate with the police that were working with the scene uh nobody would give they, they should have had a number that we could have at least talked to the state law enforcement the fbi were here by midnight they should have set up a call for us people we i sat uh and my, my daughter sat, the grandchildren sat, stepmother sat, over 14 hours. Boy, he didn't put one answer. That's Leroy Walker, the father of Joey Walker, one of the at least 18 people killed. He said it's a nightmare, and it certainly is, among other things. My heart hurts for that man and all the other families as well. Terrible terrible i mean it's the worst got to be the worst imaginable thing it's unimaginable in fact and i'm gonna go back to washington here just for another segment ohio congressman jim jordan chairman of the house judiciary committee was on with eric bowling last night i'm reminded of a couple days ago the the check that we saw uh james biden send to joe biden and joe biden cashed a two hundred thousand dollar check the very next day that james biden got it from a foreign source that is that the smoking. Uh, we, American people are looking at you right now, uh, Chairman, and saying, "Yeah, I know we know all that, but but when are we going to see the perp walk? Because we all know it should be it should be here right now." Yeah, we're we're, we're going to continue to do our work. Our job is in, we're in the impeachment inquiry phase of our constitutional duty to do oversight. So we continue to compile the evidence. If we think that evidence, warrant, uh, evidence warrants moving to the next step, then we will do that. But we, we have to compile that and, and, and put it all together in a way that I think it's easily understandable. I think right now the Burisma example is, is so compelling 
because Hunter Biden gets put on the board of Burisma. Second, he's not qualified to be on the board. Third, the Burisma executives ask Hunter Biden to give them help from the pressure they're facing from the prosecutor in Ukraine. The very day he gets that request from Burisma, he gets on the phone and calls his dad. And within a week, his dad, then Vice President Joe Biden, goes to Ukraine and starts the process to fire the very prosecutor who was applying the pressure. Now, that looks pretty yeah. bad, but that all happened in a, in a compressed time frame there while he was vice president. And then you add to it the check that you just talked about and another other evidence we're getting. I think it begins to tell a pretty compelling story. Oh, we're going we're gonna to look for that story very quickly. Sorry, I know you got to go. Um, there's been rumor. There's been reports. There's been a lot of scuttlebutt that Mark Meadows, um, former chief of staff to, to Trump, may have at one point I read may have worn a wire while he was chief of staff. I know Mark very well. You know, Mark, you're good friends. I just don't believe any of this. Do you know anything about this? Has he turned on Trump? Can you tell us what you know? I don't, uh, but I, do, I, I don't believe anything that gets written about, about you know, uh, from the from so many people in the mainstream press. I don't believe Mark would do that. I, I, Mark's, a, Mark's a good friend, but I don't know. But I, I trust that Mark, Mark thinks the world of President Trump, as do I, and I know you do as well, Eric. I want him to be our next president. I think Mark's the same place, uh, and Mark is a good man, so I don't believe what the press writes about him. That's Congressman Jim Jordan on the balance with Eric Bowling last night. And as you know, Mark Meadows, Donald Trump's former chief of staff, was granted immunity a few days ago to testify under oath, which Meadows did before a federal grand jury. What exactly was said, we don't know. You're reading and hearing about a lot of things that were potentially said, but we don't know yet what was actually said. Last week, businessman Perry Johnson suspended his campaign for the Republican presidential nominee. Yesterday, I don't know if you saw this or not, but another long shot Republican candidate. Well, they're, they're really all, all of them are really long shot candidates. But Larry Elder announced that he has suspended his campaign and immediately endorsed former President Donald Trump for president as did Perry Johnson last week. Johnson saying Trump is the only one that can fix the country. In a statement last night, Elder expressed gratitude for all of his supporters and said he was honored by their enthusiasm and grassroots support for his campaign. On Wall Street today, the stock markets opened in the green for a change. This after better than expected earnings from Amazon. And I believe I inadvertently said Amazon earnings were on Wednesday. They were actually yesterday after the bell. Amazon stock up big today, or at least as of now when I'm recording this. And also the Fed's favorite measure of inflation, the core personal consumption expenditure index increased three-tenths of a percent for the month. Although it increased, that's what they expected. So the good news is it wasn't any higher. And personal spending kept up with inflation, rising seven-tenths of a percent, which was actually better than the half a percent that was forecast. So the markets are having a good day thus far. Thank God for a change. Hey, getting back to the international news at the beginning, these are serious times, my friend. Be sure to keep up with all of the news on Newsmax all weekend long, starting tomorrow morning with Wake Up America Weekend Edition. That's Saturday and Sundays uh, at 7 a.m. And don't forget, Newsmax is available on most major cable systems. It's also available on most streaming platforms. And I thank you, as always, for listening to Newsmax Daily. I'm Tony Marino. Enjoy the rest of your day. Have a fantastic and safe weekend. Pay attention, stay vigilant, and keep on fighting the good fight. News breaks every minute, every day. 
You need the app, the Newsmax app. Find it free on your smartphone store. Then watch us anytime, anywhere.